0: Sorry for the technical difficulties. Uh, let's talk about the malacha of koyzer on Shabbos. It's forbidden to harvest, to take something off a tree, to pull a wheat husk out of the ground. It's forbidden to harvest. It's forbidden to harvest on Shabbos. Harvesting sounds very similar to another malacha, which is the malacha of shearing. like you're not allowed to shear a wool off a sheep. You can't take an apple off a tree. But there's a difference between these two prohibitions. It's biblically forbidden to take the wool off the sheep whether you, um, I'm sorry, only if you use a special utensil to cut the wool off the sheep. If you tear the wool off the sheep with your hands, is not biblically for, for, prohibited, only if you use a special utensil. But in, regards in the, regarding the the laws of harvesting on Shabbos, even if you just with your hand pull the apple off of the tree, it would also be considered biblically forbidden. It's called a tool. it's not considered the primary prohibition of the Torah of the Bible of the of. But it's considered also equally midaraisa, equally biblically forbidden. And it doesn't matter if you use your hand or use a tool, it's still considered biblically forbidden. The only time it would be considered only rabbinically forbidden is if you would take the fruit off the tree with a uh, total change, like biting the apple while it's still attached to the ground. As the Altar Rebbe says in Simon Shin Lamed Vav, Sif if you eat the apple while still attached to the tree, that's certainly tearing it off the tree and therefore you would think it's considered like harvesting it. However, the al Rebbe says, it's not the usual way of doing it and therefore it's not biblically forbidden. Usually if you're not doing something the usual way, in general, if you're not doing something in the usual way, it's done. On Shabbos, it's only rabbinically forbidden. Here too, it's not considered the normal way to take an apple off a tree to as bite it while it's still attached to the ground, but so it's not biblically forbidden, it's only forbidden midraban so Unlike the melacha of Gziza, shearing, regarding shearing doesn't matter if you, uh, sorry, shearing is the opposite, only if you shear with the tool, is it is it forbidden in a Torah? But if you use your hands, then it's only forbidden midraban. Now, why is this pertinent to us? We are only learn, trying to learn practical halachas, halachas that are pertinent to us in our lives. So, why is it pertinent for us to know whether it's biblically forbidden, it's rabbinically forbidden? Either way, it's either way it's forbidden. So, who cares? Who cares why it's forbidden? It's it's either way, us or It's forbidden to. Um, either way it's forbidden to uh, take the apple um, off the tree, whether it's biblically or rabbinically, we're going to see there are many many decrees for specifically decrees that the Chachamim gave, because it's so easy it's because it's so natural you're, you're hungry, you see an apple and it's so natural for you to pull it off the tree therefore our sages said that it is um, they, they instituted Many things that we should do as a precaution, lest we make the transgression, lest we make the mistake of pulling the apple off the tree. So there's four specific decrees that they made. We'll get to that in a second. But before we do, I just want to point out a distinction between a uh, apple and a hadas and a myrtle. The halacha is that you're not allowed to smell an apple when it's attached to the tree. Why not? Because you smell an apple while it's attached to the tree, we're afraid that you may naturally just go and pull the apple off the tree. Since it's so common, so easy, and so natural to pull the apple off the tree, therefore it's forbidden to even smell an apple while it's attached to the tree. What about a rose? What about a flower? Are you forbidden to smell a flower on Shabbos when it's attached to the ground? The answer is no. Why, why, is, it, why is it forbidden to smell an esrig? but it's not forbidden to smell a myrtle, to smell the hadas or to smell a rose. So the alternative says the reason is very simple. Because, in, in order to eat the apple, you have to pull the apple off the tree. But in order to eat, in order to smell the fragrance of the myrtle, you don't have to pull it, off the tree, pull it out of the ground. And therefore, we're not afraid that you might pull it off the ground because you're able to get the full enjoyment from the myrtle or the full enjoyment of the rose without pulling it off the ground. Unlike the apple, to get the enjoyment of the apple, you have to take it off the tree, and therefore it's forbidden to smell the apple while it's attached to the ground. As alter says in Semen <speaking> Shem Vav, Sif Tazayin, Eserig <Hebrew> L'Rachil, an Eserig, or an apple, anything that could be eaten, is forbidden to smell its fragrance while it's still attached to the ground. Zera <speaking in Hebrew> because there's the Kri, Shem Ayoket, Delachle, because you might end up separating it from the ground to eat it. But a myrtle, but a hadas, you're allowed to smell it because the only benefit you could have from it is smelling it. And therefore, it's forbidden to um, only smell an apple or smell an acid, but it's okay to smell a myrtle. says, Why would you want to tear it off the ground? You're not gaining anything. And therefore, not afraid that you might detach it from the ground. There's another halachic difference between an apple or an esrik and the other, and the hadas, and the myrtle. And that is, what bracha do you say when you smell it? When you say a bracha on the fragrance of the myrtle, you say the bracha, As the Alter Rebbe says in When you want to smell a fragrance, you have to say a bracha before smelling that fragrance because it's forbidden to have any benefit from from this world without saying a bracha and therefore you have to say a bracha before you smell the fragrance of the esteric and many often pe- people who are on sukkahs so and they have an esrig, they have the hadas they want to smell it so before you smell you have to say a bracha but there's a different bracha you say for the hadasim, for the myrtle and you say for the esteric for the esteric you say the bracha as the author says over there in Siv Gimel, a fruit that could be eaten whether you're smelling a fruit of a tree or a fruit of the ground, if you enjoy its fragrance, you say the bracha, blessed the you Lord our God, King of the universe, who has given a good fragrance to fruit. So you're breaking, you like the fragrance of, of any fruit or any vegetable. You say a bracha before smelling its fragrance. What bracha do you say when you have, We want to smell the fragrance of a hadas, of a myrtle? There the altar says in, in Sif Beis, The bracha you say for something which is related to a tree, which is the hadas, is in that category. You say the bracha, Blessed are you, Lord our God, who gives, who creates the fragrance from trees, as opposed to "bar isib samim" from uh, herbs. So the hadas is considered more in the category of a uh, non considered a herb, and therefore the brach is "atseib samim." Now you may ask a question on havdalah. What do we say on by havdalah? We don't say "neis by paris Many people use an esrig. For to smell an asrig for havdalah, some people put the cloves into the esserik. Say a bracha on on the esserik. So the halacha is that for Havdallah there is a rule that we don't want to um, make it confusing because these brachas are very confusing. <speaking in Hebrew> and therefore the, the chacham said that for Avdallah, there's one general bracha that's said for all kinds of fragrances, and everyone says, B'yre God creates all kinds of uh, fragrances. That's a bracha we say by Avdallah because we don't there, want there to be a tumul. You say this bracha, you say that bracha, and therefore for Avdallah, the bracha you say is only, B'yre minei uh, the We don't specifically single out the Esreg, or the uh, or the myrtle, and say it's unique bracha by Avdol. We just say the general bracha. Although you may know the bracha, but that's what the custom is. That's that's we're supposed to do. There is a um, there are four decrees that our sages established to do in order to prevent us from taking from tearing off an apple from the tree because it's so easy and so natural to pull the apple off the tree. The Chacham instituted four decrees. Before we get to the decrees, I want to mention one more thing about the... Um, oh, I want to mention one more thing, and that is, how come people don't make a bracha on the... Whenever you, you have the Eser, whenever you have the myrtle on sukkahs, so and you're doing the bracha of Luv and esric, how come you don't also say a bracha on the good fragrance of the Eser? Why, why don't you say a bracha on the good fragrance of the hadas? And the answer is, the Al-Tabrach says, you only make a bracha... If, if you take it in your hand just to eat it and you have no intent to enjoy its fragrance you don't say a bracha on it so if your intent is just to say a bracha although you do smell its good fragrance since it's not your intent you don't say a bracha on it that's why no one says a bracha on the hadas or on the essek, unless after you finish you finish um, Doing the mitzvah, and I just want to smell the esrik. Then you should say the bracha or the bracha ribei on the hadasim. Okay. So because it's again, it's so common, the cham instituted various things we should not do lest we make a mistake and pull the apple off the tree. One of the things that they instituted was peris After the apple is fully ripened, it falls off the tree. Are you allowed to take the apple from the floor and eat it? It's no longer attached to the tree anymore. So the Chachamim said that it's forbidden to take the apple from the floor and eat it because we're afraid that if it would be permissible to take the apple after it's fallen from the tree, G'zeir Shemma, Yalavi V'Yitleish, there's a decree, maybe a person may go up on the tree and tear something off the tear the apple off the tree. And so therefore, even if it's fallen off the tree, you're still not allowed to have that apple on Shabbos. That's the first first decree they made. There's another decree they made. Other decree they made was that in general, ain't <speaking> oilen be <Hebrew> ilon, lach Yavesh you're not allowed to go up on a tree on Shabbos, whether it's a tree that produces fruit, whether it's a dried out tree, in the Shonamalav, the author puts it in parentheses, we'll learn next time why it's in parentheses, Says you can't lean on a tree. In mishtamshim, in general, when the author puts something in parentheses, it's because it is a uh, question. The author was planning to later make a ruling about it, and he left it as a question. And therefore, there is halakhic differences whether something is in parentheses or not, how do we look at it? Is this a conclusion? Not a conclusion. But uh, we'll get to that another time. Ritz Hashem. Um, you're not allowed to use a tree for anything at all. You have something in your hand, you want to put it down. You're not allowed to put it on top of a bush, you're not to put it on top of anything attached to the ground. You're also not allowed to take something from a tree your child is playing baseball and the baseball has landed in the tree and you want to knock it down with a piece of, uh, you have to take a long stick, you're not allowed to on Shabbos. If it's attached to a tree, you're, or it's on a tree, you have a shafer which is on a bush on Shabbos and you want to take the shafer to say the brach l'shmei kol or sheshana. So you have a mitzvah to the Shafer You're not allowed to on Shabbos, you're not allowed to use anything that is attached to the tree. Why? It's all decree because you might end up going on top of the tree and tearing down, taking off a fruit. And therefore, It doesn't matter what kind of tree it is. They made this decree on all trees. Although there's no fruit on the tree, you go out and there's no fruit growing on the tree. Still, the sage just said that it's forbidden to... uh, to climb on a tree or lean against a tree on Shabbos, uh, and use a tree to put something on the tree, take something off the tree. Why? Because we're afraid a person might take. Because though this tree doesn't have any fruit, but if you allow, if though if you allow the person to take the apple, sorry, you allow the person to uh, go up on this tree or to use this tree, he may end up using a fruit bearing tree that has fruit on it right now and and take the apple off the tree this is a general uh, theme among the decrees that our sages made that when they made a decree they made this decree to encompass all kinds of scenarios even in a scenario where that particular Decree doesn't seem relevant, but a decree is something that is all-encompassing, in the general rule that is, When our sages instituted a decree, they did not differentiate between one thing or another. I do want to point out that, as I mentioned last time, I don't like the word the sages. We don't follow their opinion because they are wise. There's something that Shabbos has in it. Shabbos has a godly energy in it. Shabbos gives our neshama menuchas anefesh. It gives our neshama tranquility. Let's say I have a, I have in my backyard actually an orange tree. And let's say every Shabbos, and a a fruit, a orange falls from the tree every single Shabbos. And every Shabbos, I transgress the prohibition of the sages and I eat the orange that has fallen from the tree. And in my lifetime, I never once take the orange from the tree itself. Am I missing something? It would seem I'm not missing anything. Because the whole point the sages made this decree for was not only to prevent me from taking the orange from the tree itself, which is biblically forbidden. But I am missing something. What am I missing? I'm missing the, the full energy of Shabbos. The Chachamim's decree are also part of the Shabbos. It's not just wise men who made a decree. It's something that is part and parcel of what Shabbos is. Although officially... The reason given for the decree was I might end up taking the apple from the tree and in my case, it didn't happen. There is something intrinsically valuable about not taking the apple from the floor. As everything in the Torah is called, the Torah is called Adam, the Torah is called a person because the Torah has a body and a soul. And every law of the Torah has a body and a soul. Let's say, for example, the mitzvah of eating matzah on Pesach. Eating matzah, reinforces your faith. Why does it reinforce your faith? Because you remember how Hashem took us out of Egypt. Let's say for me, I don't get my faith, my faith reinforced by eating matzah. When we sit down to eat matzah, I know about your family and my, our family, we eat the matzah, we talk about if the matzah tastes better this year or last year. We talk about how much money is a guy making when he sells us this matzah. And we all are discussing things about the matzah, but not necessarily is it reinforcing our faith on a palpable conscious level. So let's say learning something about leaving Egypt would do it better for me, or watching a movie about the exodus of Egypt. Can I do that instead? And the answer is no. Why? Zarizal says because there's a spark of godliness in the matzah that feeds your soul faith for the entire year. In a similar way with Shabbos, these things that our sages enacted aren't just things that we do as a preventative measure, let something else happen. They have intrinsic meaning to themselves, that everything in the Torah has a body and a soul. And so if I want to get the full energy of Shabbos, not for for sufficient just to follow what's biblically forbidden, I need to get all the things that God revealed to us through the tzaddikim, through the righteous people in every generation. Okay, so getting back to our subject. So it's forbidden, number one, to smell the fragrance of a fruit while it's attached to the ground. Number two, it's forbidden to use a tree at all on Shabbos because I may end up Tearing the fruit off the tree on Shabbos. It's also forbidden to uh, ride on an animal on Shabbos. It's forbidden to ride on an animal. Why is it forbidden to ride on an animal? Says Al-Treben in Simon Shinhei, in Siv Gimel, you're not allowed to ride on an animal or lean against an animal, not to hang from the animal, not to lean against the animal, why? You're not allowed to use an animal at all, our sages said that use of an animal in any way is forbidden, even though I'm not riding on the animal, there is a non-Jew who has a wagon, and I am, is passing by, and he stops the wagon, I'm not allowed to sit down on the wagon. Because the wagon is attached to the animal, I am forbidden to sit on the wagon. Why the Chum say I can't sit on the wagon? Why can't I have any connection to the animal? Because I might want to tear a branch from a tree in order to lead the animal... So therefore, our sages said, I'm not allowed to ride on the animal, even on a wagon that's some kind of connection to the animal. It's also forbidden why, lest I uh, tear a tree off the ground to use it to whip the animal or to guide the animal. It's therefore forbidden to have any use of the animal. Many pet owners aren't aware of all the details involved in owning a pet on Shabbos. There are many leniencies, leniencies in um, that are are allowed for pet owners, but it's really not simple um, what you're allowed to do with an animal on Shabbos, and uh, something to to bear in mind, um, especially for those of us who haven't yet made the move of buying a pet, and you don't you need to pay attention to the uh, uh, the implication that will be for you find on Shabbos. And what what exactly? Uh, You're allowed to do with the animal. You're not allowed to do with the animal because, as the Alter Rebbe says, that call uh, it says in Shin Ches Siv Ches, call clear love. Whatever is not considered a utensil, it's not food for a person or food for an animal. animals. It's forbidden to move an animal. Then it's called muktza it's, it's considered muktza because there's no, it's not a vessel, it's not a utensil. And therefore it's forbidden to move. Now, I will point out that there is no prohibition of touching a uh, something which is muktza. The prohibition of muktza is only to move it. So touching a tree isn't forbidden on Shabbos. It's touching it in a way that it will move it. So if you can't touch a branch, because you touch a branch, it's going to cause a branch to move. But it is forbidden, uh, It's but it is permissible to touch the tree itself because you're not causing the tree to move. So the fruit that's fallen from the tree, it's forbidden. We don't have Simen Shulim Chavbeiz of the Alt Rebbe, but the Mughan Avram says that there's two reasons why we're not allowed to take the fruit that has fallen from the tree. Number one, because it's mukta. Since it, when Shabbos came in, it was forbidden because it's something that we're not thinking about using by, on, at all on Shabbos, because it's still attached to the tree, and whatever is forbidden when Shabbos, on the onset of Shabbos is forbidden throughout Shabbos. And also, a second reason they made a decree to take, the, to take the fruit that has fallen from the tree, a second reason why it's forbidden is because you may end up taking the fruit from the tree. The reason why they instituted a second decree, we'll get to God willing next class, uh, there are certain scenarios where it may not be mukta it's possible when Shabbos came in, it's not Muktzah, as we shall see. And although it's not Muktzah, it's still forbidden to take that fruit and eat it on Shabbos. That's fallen from the tree on Shabbos, because this we are afraid that if we take the fruit from the floor, we may end up taking the fruit directly uh, from the the tree, even in a situation where it is not Muktzah. Uh, there's another thing which is not so relevant to. Harvesting, it would think it would seem, but not only are you not allowed to lean against the trees. We shall see. People have swing sets. It's not at all simple to uh, have a swing set on Shabbos because if your swing set is attached to a tree and it's being supported by a tree, it's hanging from a tree. So just like the tree is forbidden, now to use something that comes from the tree and there and that's so. There are various halachic uh, scenarios where it would be allowed, but it's not at all simple. And God willing, we'll hopefully get into that subject as well in the next class. So just go over the things that we said are forbidden to do because of harvesting on Shabbos. We said it's forbidden to smell the fragrance of an apple while still attached to the ground because you might end up tearing it from the tree. We said it's forbidden also an apple that has already fallen off the tree is forbidden to take from the floor because you might end up taking the apple from the tree. We also said you're not allowed to use a tree at all. You're not allowed to have any benefit from a tree. You're not allowed to lean against a tree on Shabbos, again, because you may end up taking climbing the tree, take off the apple. And number four, the Chum even said you're not allowed to uh, have any. You're not lean against an animal on Shabbos, or even sit on something which is attached to an animal, that because you might end up because you're riding on an animal, you might end up taking something from the. Uh, you might end up taking tearing a branch out from the floor. To hit the animal or guide the animal while you're riding on the animal, therefore it's forbidden even to have any connection to um, to uh, to hang from to lean against an animal uh, or ride ride an animal on uh, on Shabas. I think that's what I wanted to uh, share tonight um, there's one more point interesting point the altar says in Kutra zacharin simitovkov of science have gotten It says in the Peskim and the Gemara, that an eserg, while it's attached, it's forbidden to smell it. It seems like that if it's detached from the ground, you're allowed to smell it. We're not afraid that by smelling the eserg, you will come to take the eserg and tear it off the tree and it's okay to smell the esteric once it is um, uh, detached from the tree but while it's attached to the tree that's the only time it's forbidden but once it's been taken off the tree then we're not afraid a person is going to smell it then he's going to take off another esteric from the tree it's totally okay to smell the fragrance of an esteric once it's detached only forbidden while it's still attached to the tree any questions or comments or criticism? okay thank you Yehuda and Mr. A.S., whoever that is, thank you for joining. At and Guten Nacht.